What is what is he doing? Is that a doggy bed? I think he's moving a doggy bed and a printer. He's putting some paper away. Got a great shirt on. I don't know much, but I know I like that shirt. I like this. I like this setup. He's doing good, yep. Check it out back there. Make sure you get everything. Get those dust bunnies. Stash those drugs. Can't have any evidence. Xbox light. Yep. I think it's a light. Maybe it's a nipple tassel. You very you have, must have incredibly large nipples. Get it. Come on. You got this. Yep. Put it back there. Never going to be visible on. Yep. Gotta give him something. Mega Dads Live is a mature rated podcast. It's for the Mega Dads, the Mega Moms, but not the Mega Kids. So put on those earmuffs and let's go! so fucking pumped why I, you, you ever just do mega dads live you ever just for the start last 10 years a podcast? <laughs> you ever just get in there though you ever yeah. just you know with with a fresh you gotta like you gotta knead it you gotta put your fingers into it i push it i always i've been saying like i got this new energy i feel great everything's awesome and then just something just goes horribly wrong literally every time right every single time you try to be positive Either oh in the Discord God. or a text or whatever. The next day, it's like, oh, yeah, my leg got chopped off. Uh, <laughs> Mega dad's legs chopped from under them. <laughs> it's so fucked so up. So you're, you're really going to try to project this kind of positivity uh, all day long? Should, should I? Should I go the other let's way? No, let's happens. do it. Let's see what this happens. time, it's going to stick. This time, the positivity is going to stick. I'm pumped. I'm pumped for Mega Dads. I'm pumped for our listeners. Mm. I'm pumped for the future, even mm. though it's <laughs> it's not looking so hot. But we got it. We got, we got it. it. We got it. Yes. So, all right. All right. Well, let's just start there. Mega Dads being super positive. Since you're already in this mode, let's put this, let's put this at the very, very front, right? Our super positives. What are we bringing? Oh, yeah. What are we bringing to the people? That's bringing us life, joy, energy. What's got you so happy this morning? I can't remember if I shared this before, but I got this funny story and I had gotten fired, right? (laughs) And (laughs) I had a little, (laughs) it was effective as of my birthday. And my wife's like, go to see your buddy who lives in Washington state. So I went and my super positive is that nature still exists. Like over here in the in the Midwest, everything's super flat, yeah. uh, concrete, you know, jungles. But uh-huh. I went to the Pacific Northwest. I visited Olympia, Washington, Seattle, and like the the forests around there. Yeah. They just have random waterfalls. Just like their parks are like like forests and stuff. It's it's insane. The amount of oxygen that entered my system mm-hmm. just by being outside was fantastic. So I'm out there and we're walking through and then uh, I start taking photos because we left the car and we started getting into where there were trees and they're like, this is the parking lot. Stop taking <laughs> photos. <laughs> like it was like a college campus uh, 
it was like in between their buildings is just forest that's just what they have so they're like that's all we're doing is just going on this path behind the college so i was like (laughs) they're like stop doing that so i was like all right uh i look down and there's this rock that's painted like neon like blue or whatever and i'm like what's going on what is that and they're like oh it's you know they keep it weird out here and everything is just weird so i'm like all right and then i see like this guy in this uh you know those green screen like outfits like Mm -hmm. just running through the forest like full speed yeah full body suits but it was like some very odd neon color i can't describe right now and he's just sprinting and i'm like is he okay i'm like yeah keep it weird so we go one step further like one minute into the forest there's a tree that has i don't know if this was how much of this was man-made but you saw like a tree with a face on it made out of mushrooms Uh with a little like bowl made out of ceramic like something was in it that looked like blood i don't know and it was like a little like altar to like the forest and these people are like odd and like they just walk past it i'm over here like should we call the police and they're like no this is just more of the weird stuff i was like okay so nature still exists weird people still exist if you can go to a national forest you know, touch some grass, as as Adam Leonard would say. Weird, weird people definitely do still exist in in 2024. That's for sure. Um, when I was out in Seattle uh, for PAX last year, we left, and I mean, well, even before we left, I just turned to my wife. I'm like, if there was ever a place that was yeah. for me, it's it's that area, right? I just mm-hmm. love everything about it. I love the weather, love the environment. I love the architecture in the city. I love the people. I love the weirdness, like you're saying. It's just all, like, everywhere you go is so unique and different. And we would strike up conversations with locals and talk about how fascinating their area was. And, like, they don't they don't know. Like, it's just, that's home to them, right? But we'd Absolutely. Be like, but we'd be like, man, where we come from is so fucking boring. You have no idea. Like, everything here in Seattle is unique and cool. And God, I mean, it, it's a ridiculous uh cost of living out there but i had we were it. waiting uh we were waiting for our table uh at this one restaurant i'm talking to my buddy about playstation as one does he starts talking with us too he starts talking about you know diablo and like if he should get the next iteration of the console like old guy like just you know like you know 40 like really just old cool you know what i mean out there yeah cool. and he was just like so so down and yeah i, I loved it so that's my super positive. The we still have some some areas in the US that aren't total hellscape. I, I would I would say mine's kinda tied to yours. My super positive has been the weather here lately. It's it's friggin' February in Minnesota and we just had a stretch of mid fifties, which is yep. insane. Summer. Like yeah. absolutely insane. Normal temperatures in this area at this time of the year are like it's like fifteen degrees. And I've been taking the kids for walks after work. We've been going skateboarding, (laughs) no jackets. You know, it's just, we're all going to die. Like this is a sign that the the world is ending, but I'm enjoying it while it lasts and being able to open the windows in in February. Like I shouldn't be able to do this for another four months. Um, So I don't know. the first hit of spring, like in, you know, when you're in the Midwest and you get that, like, Oh, life fresh fresh air and and that like the the feeling of of warmth to come is like 
intoxicating. Nothing beats that hot. <laughs> and to coming get out it, of hibernation. And to get it this early, and I don't know what it's been like in Chicago for you, but we've barely had any sub-zero temperatures, barely any snow at all. So mm. it's it's kind of weird because usually we're like we're locked down for like half the year in Arctic tundra. And then, like you said, springtime comes and it's a refreshing experience, but it's just kind of stayed that almost for us year round. And yeah, I don't know. We had one mega snow. We had one mega snow. It was like 12 inches. They said it was going to be like 14, 18 inches. Oh, wow. And now that was it. So, yep. All right. Well, we're happy. We're positive. We're here. We're trying. We're trying. <laughs> and I think, I think it's time for a quick question. And let me, uh, I'm, I'm using the soundboard again because we're recording a little bit differently today. So I'm going to see if I can pull up a, a good soundbite for the quick question. I'm going to come. Oh. <laughs> All right. All right. Let's hear it, Antonio. Hit me. All right. So the... The thing that came to mind recently was a melding of two amazing things. We'll talk about it later, but one of the games that uh, we're going to talk about soon on this episode or next is Pal World. All right. I actually played it. And it's, it's a melding of two things, right? Two genres, two very popular things. And then it's perfect. So I wanted to talk to you about your chocolate and peanut butter, but your personal chocolate and peanut butter. Is there something in the snack realm or even just outside of the snack food world where you just have a combination that you just love together where it's like, I eat this salty and this sweet, or I eat this oh. odd thing that my wife just wants to destroy me over because I'm so weird, but I can't stop combining these two things together. What's your what's your personal chocolate peanut butter? Yeah. It could just be like, you know, peyote in the forest, you know, that I, goes uh, together. I, I, well, first of all, I'm like a very, very boring uh, person when it comes to food consumption. I, I think oh, we've, we've talked I about I thought this. you were going to stop there. <laughs> Son of a bitch. And uh, I I don't know that I have like a, a go-to for that. I will say that um, there are certain food combinations that I that I like rep repel from that are not abnormal. So like two ingredients that I like separate, but once you put them together, like I. Oh, yeah, you can't have it mm -hmm. like peanut butter and jelly. People love peanut butter and jelly. I like peanut butter sandwiches. I like jelly sandwiches. But once you put those two things together, to me, it's like absolutely disgusting. Um, yeah. My my dad used to eat rice in milk with brown oh, sugar God. on top. Oh God! And that to me sounds like something I would vomit from. But that was that was his. Um, but I will say I had I had something in Seattle when we were there, and it was maple bacon donuts. Yes. Have you had those? Yes. Yeah, I, I had I did have a bite and I was like, this isn't gonna work. Right. This shouldn't work. Should not work. Um, but it's absolutely amazing. And ever since we had it, uh, we watched Food Network every once in a while and we watched like the kids baking championship shows and they're constantly putting bacon on baked items. And it yeah. was something that I never had heard of before and certainly not anything I ever would have thought of that I liked, but a maple bacon donut is just like you put bacon on a pastry and it is freaking outstanding. Yeah. 
Yeah. Those there's certain people who like I repel from the people who put ketchup on everything. You know uh, these people that's like ketchup on ice cream, <laughs> yeah, ke- ketchup on like waffles Cereal, and, and yeah. stuff like that. Like I don't understand it. Uh, my my go to is probably boring and a little unique because have you had Funyuns? Do you know what Funyuns? I know. Are? If, I think I've had Funyuns, but it's been like thirty years. I think they take basically an onion round cut and then they just fry it up and it ends up coming out like a a chicharron it's like basically like a very fried puffy version and they they sell it like chips and it makes your breath fantastic right oh i'm sure like you put funyuns with everything like just crunch it up just slightly put it in another bag of something you know preferably like a spicy blend of some chips uh some munchies like flaming hots and that is fire, and I can't get enough of it. In the Pacific Northwest, when I visited, I was like, snack time, grabbed the Funyuns, grabbed a bunch of bags of different stuff, just like shook it up, brought it all together. Um, I'm a big fan. So Funyuns, everybody, that's my pro tip. Have you ever made a cocktail? Like, Oh, yeah, of course. Like, not just like a basic-ass cocktail, oh, like I mix this, mm. but like, have you ever designed one? I have not designed a cocktail. I've had them where, like, you go to a restaurant, it's like, oh, and then we put a little, yeah. you know, drop of acid in there or I whatever, feel, and then it tastes good. I feel like it, with it being our 10-year anniversary, we should Uh-oh. we should make <gasps> a Mega Dad's cocktail. Wow. Don't you think? Yes. I think, I think we should it. do that. I think we should put some we'll test. You, you do a little testing on your end. I'll do yeah. a little testing on my end. We'll make okay. a video. Mega yeah. Dad's at the bar. We'll make nice. a Mega Dad's 10 cocktail. Stay tuned okay. for that. I think that would be nice. outstanding. It now, has to have 10 ingredients, right? It's got to have just like a shit ton of stuff. And, <laughs> it, and it's, it's somehow got one a, whole it, egg. It, it's, <laughs> it's somehow got to have like really, it's got to have like those Mega Dad's colors, right? My son is always talking to me about the Mega Dad's colors, how we got like the blue and the pink and the, the little, yep. um, the little translucent, uh, passer between the two of them. So anytime he sees like, really cool neon lights he's like dad it's the mega dad colors but we'll have to work that in there have to be a blue, dr- blue drink somehow but man we're almost there I'm, we're at we're on the cusp that's of this homework. of this awesome drink uh-huh uh-huh all right it is time now for nut or no nut i'm gonna come i'm just gonna keep using that one because that seems appropriate all right antonio what do we got so we're talking about new announcements or things that are on the radar that are supposedly rocking the world gaining fast track attention and we're going to be talking about sony's state of play in a bit and when we picked out our highlights to talk about i noticed that a big game was not on either of our lists so this nut or no nut is death stranding 2 just is it doing it for you when I see Hideo Kojima unveiling things, talking about I'm going to make this movie game experience, I'm going to make this sequel, I can't do it anymore. Yeah. I, I, I see it. I, I recognize I, the Death Stranding 2, the new look at it showed off a lot of cool, weird stuff. I was surprised expected. at how much it showed. Oh, like, it was a lot. There was this... Uh, uh, big baddie right with uh you know guitar and he ha- he looked like he was out of the 80s uh, a music video and this whole like it- it's a it's an excellent performance you see the this big bad main uh, Troy evil, Baker. um 
yet and he's emoting beautifully you could tell he's going to be a fully realized character there's all these hints about what the video is showing and what the actual game mechanics could be this time around so there's all this nuggets of information and intrigue and what's to come and you know what adam i don't give a fuck <laughs> i don't care at this point because here's what i know for me it's a no nut because i know even if i do go down and finish death stranding one appreciate everything that's happening there's no payoff there's never a oh that's what's going on here it's just more weird shit for weird shit's sake so i love lost the tv show but that's an, that's why some people didn't like Lost. They're like, I, you keep telling me like, yeah, I'm intrigued. I don't know what the fuck's happening. It's kind of cool, but like, where's the payoff? Where's the explanation? What do you think? Nut or no nut for Death Stranding Two, Adam? It wasn't on your list. Well, let's hold on. Let's let's back up a little bit. I want to explore what you are saying a little bit because we've discussed before how you are you are a person who wants who wants that payoff. You want that who that wouldn't cap at the end, right? And and I've talked often about how a lot of times the the journey is like the point for me in games and death stranding is like the epitome of i think the differences between you and i whereas death stranding like you said it's fucking weird it it, yeah. it never explains itself like there are resolutions to character arcs and things like that but there's no like oh that's what that floating whale means and all those like no you, right. you're never gonna get that but the, to me, the the great, some of the greatness of Death Stranding were just those moments. And actually, we're having a conversation like right now in the Discord about this. Tony's yes. playing, playing this game, and I just loved the the feeling of okay, I've got I've got my gear, I've got all of my tools, and I've got to get up this mountain. And it's like a real mountain. You traverse it like you would in real life. It's not a video game where it's like, here's a handhold, I push X and then I can climb it. No, you have to tie off your ropes. You have to find good footing. You have to avoid slopes and storms and things like that and like actually get there. And to me, there was so much exhilaration in that in that travel moment of how am I logistically going to get this done without losing my payload, without falling to the bottom and all that stuff. And I just, I found that very surprisingly calming for a game that's so weird and creepy and has so much off the wall stuff that that game also had so many huge pockets of of calm for me where it's just you and the world and how are you yeah. going to overcome it i loved death stranding um but it is really fucking weird and with the nature of a trailer for death stranding 2 all you're getting is the weird like you get a little bit of insight into the new levels and what that might mean, but this was just a showcase of weird. And <laughs> I nodded all over this trailer. <laughs> it is. You got you. You're in. It got me. And you know, I'm like you where there was there were two there were two aspects of this Kojima section in in the state of play. One of yes. which was Death Stranding 2, and the other which was like him saying, Hey, I'm gonna make another game at some point. And it's going to be a movie and blah, 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 blah. Here I am on a sound stage. Look forward to that in seven years. Wasn't it a stealth action slash movie? Some like something? Or was that not the same amount? I don't know. I mean, this guy's off the he's wall. He's basically going to make a new Metal Gear is what he's, gonna, is what he's saying. But that 
And also the, um, what's the one he's making for Xbox? The horror one with, with Jordan Peele? Uh, oh, uh, uh, it's some weird one word Overdose thing. or something like, I don't know. Whatever that is. Yeah, like, I'll look it up. I have no doubt those will be fantastic games, but that kind of announcement where you're literally just saying, I'm going to make, what is it? OD. OD, yeah. It's just OD. Um, <laughs> Horror game developed by Kojima Productions, published by Xbox Game Studios. This guy's everywhere. He's got to slow down. And I have no doubt that that's going to be really cool. But that kind of announcement does nothing for me because it's just a dude standing there saying, I'm going to make this game eventually. You can't see it yet. I can't tell you what it's about yet, but I'm, you know, whatever. This trailer for Death Stranding 2 was like a lot. Like this game is it was very hot. Far, this it game was, is yeah. very far along. You got fucking robot samurais with babies inside. You got the girl from uh, the James Bond movies, and she's got like a scarf that has hands that like oh, yeah. covers up mm -hmm. and like holds your cigarette for just all kinds of weird. And some of it hits, some of it doesn't. Kojima is very much a dude who's up his own butt. We all know that. Um, There's a marionette puppet like doing that was like, my favorite part. It was like the weird uh, animated yeah. on the twos kind of Spider-Verse yeah. looking marionette puppet that you hang on your belt. Um, it's kind of like Mimir from God of War. You know, you're just going to hook him on your belt and he's going to talk to you probably the whole time. And, you know, you just kind of have to either be about it or not. Like, you can't go halfway with Death Stranding. It's either going to it's either going to wash over you and you're going to take what's coming or you're like this is fucking too weird and stupid and i can't get on board given that death stranding one was my game of the year i'm all in on death stranding two um but yeah this you was brought me around you brought me around on the idea of you're right there's like all the extra stuff the story the visuals but at the core he really, in my opinion, didn't let us down in the gameplay department oh, because great. it was yeah. kind of compelling. Uh, like you were saying, Tony the Coconut Wizard was saying it's a fetch quest addict's nightmare. And that was the first game about traversal. You can see there, you can go there. You have to plan, though, and managing resources and that sense of accomplishment when you reach the top or reach the farthest horizon. And it delivered. It's not like you can't tell the tell us that there was nothing there. Yeah, it was there. I'm very um, curious. This strand concept and all yes. that, the online aspects. I yes, mean, it delivered. You're right. It was a game. That's for what, all him saying it wasn't. That's what I'm really interested in with this. Is like, is he gonna expand on that? It sounds so stupid. Even saying it sounds stupid. All these years later, the strand game concept because it was really cool. The fact that you were sort of in the same world with other players and hey there's a bridge that wasn't there before here's a ladder that somebody left behind that i can use very interesting uh we'll complimentary gameplay yeah i'm curious how that carries into the new one but yeah i'm excited i'm excited that freaking electric guitar battle with the baby samurai robot thing <laughs> i'm a, i'm a guy who can just like sit back and enjoy shit and that whole thing i'm like <laughs> i don't understand anything that's happening but it's a dude with an electric guitar laser weapon fighting a giant samurai robot with a baby inside i don't know i i got a kick out of it I, that does excited. it for you huh i'm that gonna hold my nuts i'm reserved i'm holding my nut for all right. right now all right all right fair enough well you know since we're talking about the state of play let's just get right into it with our headlines state of play uh we got two of them within a two-week period we're gonna we're gonna chunk these out 
We're going to go with the main showcase first. We'll talk about that a little bit, and then we'll move on to the Final Fantasy one. Um, this was a 42-minute state of play from Sony following on the heels of the Xbox Developer Showcase. We talked about this on a previous episode of Mega Dads Live. Very different approaches, like two completely different kind of approaches. I'm curious what your thoughts are about where they are with this format and how you feel it compares with like Nintendo Directs and the Xbox Developer Showcase. We talked about this on one of our most recent episodes about how we miss E3 and that if they're going to do these presentations, it'd be nice to have a good format. Who's going to find the one that works? This state of play had the most pitch-perfect pacing I had seen in a very long time. I thought Xbox had some good ones, um, but this is it for me it was just enough of a look at each game mostly trailers when they came out in the beginning and started talking or at any point someone started speaking in between it was short and sweet and it was enough where it's like okay if i'm interested i'm gonna go read the blog or i'm gonna go watch a second follow-up video and they didn't overstay their welcome at all and i have to say that it has been my favorite um presentation format for me i I was was excellent yeah i talked last time after the xbox showcase about how their format like it was too it was too much exposition right like Mm -hmm. i needed that sizzle and to me this this felt like an e3 showcase where herman hulse came out at the beginning like a guy would come out on stage say hey thanks for being here we're excited to show you what we've got and then they just stepped away and it was trailer trailer gameplay gameplay and like you said there was a couple moments where people would come out and talk about it a little bit but for the most part it was just like it was that punch that i was missing from the xbox showcase and some of the games hit some of them didn't but like you said nothing really overstayed its welcome and it was 40 minutes of just back to back to back to back to back to back look at games and yeah i loved it i'm glad that i'm glad that they stopped trying to emulate the Nintendo Direct. Like there was a time when they started this state of play where they did the exact same format. You would see the little tile shifting on the screen. This is the game we're about to talk about. And then it would, yeah. you know, you would see what's coming next. And it, they had like the voiceover between each game. And it was like, you are literally just cloning the Nintendo Direct format. I'm glad that they settled with this, where it's just like, we're gonna let the games talk. And I really liked it. I thought it was great. So yeah, with that said, agreed. let's talk about our three favorite games each that we saw uh, at the State of Play. You want to go first? Sure. Um, there, uh, recently we were talking on threads about like top games of all time, and I was so glad that I had remembered to put Bioshock in there um, because it was just from a gameplay, atmosphere, story, it hit it out of the park for me as a, as an experience, and I I it'll go toe to toe with my other favorites of all time. And uh, what we saw was Judas. So this is a new game from Ghost Story Games. So we got a brainchild, a, a spiritual successor, whatever you want to call it, to the Bioshock franchise. And I love the way that it looked. I thought that it was, um, you know, Ken Levine, creator of Bioshock. He is back with a vengeance and has a lot to prove 
So I think it's going to be a challenge to meet those highs again. There was a game that came out recently uh, called Atomic Heart that was, again, in the vein of Bioshock, where you're in this alternate history world with bombastic uh, enemies and fights with guns, but also like powers like fire and freeze and ice and stuff like that. And it was just, it didn't hit the highs that I was hoping for. So I'm hoping that Judas, this story trailer that we had saw and everything is looking, it's looking like it could be an amazing game and I'm really hoping that it is. Um, was, this, thought, was this announced or revealed in any way before? It was. It was. The okay. name Judas had come out. Um, I don't believe that any that an extended look at any gameplay or visuals uh, had come out before this. Mm -hmm. But this was uh, a pretty decent look at kind of what they're going for from a visual perspective. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, first person shooter, tight first person action. Um, and a little hint at the world and kind of the aesthetics they're going for. It looks great. It looks like Bioshock hyped up like like to the max with I modern guess. visuals and technology uh and it's it's looking good to me did you like the what you saw so far i did and i'm kind of like a mixed bag on bioshock like i enjoyed the original bioshock but i Whoa. loved bioshock infinite like i oh. i loved that game i don't know what it was i don't know some if, people like that game i don't know if the original bioshock was just too grim for me like that was a very dark game right and was, Bioshock yeah. Infinite was also dark, but I think the character interaction in that game helped propel it forward for me. Um, yeah, I didn't, I did not like Bioshock, but I, I wasn't in love with it uh, as much as I was with Infinite. And you know, obviously, they're not shy about like, hey, this is this is the next Bioshock. It might not have the name, but like, wink, wink, you know what this is. So I thought it looked great. I agree. I didn't see this uh, explanation later, but uh, this is a, like a synopsis of the plot, what to expect. Judas takes place on the Mayflower, a city traveling through space. Computers control the entire society, including grooming human residents to be model citizens, and they report back on those that deviate from expected behavior. The game's main character is named Judas and has been able to break free of that direction. And her actions lead to revolution aboard the Mayflower. It's a good setup. I yep. I don't know if they'll have the story moments because Bioshock was so much about the unexpected. And, you know, Bioshock 2 was like an iteration. But I don't know if you could really hit the heights of like the, the it wasn't even the end actually, but the big twist. Right. So we'll see. I'm, I'm looking forward to it, though. It looks great visually, and it's got a good pedigree. So we'll see. I was hyped to see it. I, I agree. I was right there with you. Um, my major hype moment from this showcase was the little Silent Hill section. Uh, we got a yeah. gameplay trailer from Silent Hill 2, which I'm going to be fair. This Silent Hill 2 is my most anticipated game right now, uh, other than Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Um, the combat is not the best part of any Silent Hill game. So the fact sure, that this course. was a combat-focused trailer was a little strange to me. Like this isn't mm -hmm. this isn't what I want to see uh, with a new look at Silent Hill, but it did give you a lot of um, extensive look at like the environments and the character models and the enemies and things like that. So it gave you more of a look at the world, but I found it interesting—an interesting choice to focus 
so particularly on the combat because I love Silent Hill, but the combat in Silent Hill is pretty bland. What did you think about that choice? I like the enemies of Silent Hill, and I think that you can only show so much smoke or fog. Yeah. Um, and I think that that is their main hurdle, right? You're you're trying to sell a game that whose bread and butter was atmosphere, right? And you can only do that so much with um, environments, storytelling, and all that. How do you trailerize that? Yeah. I don't understand the pushback against the combat because when I play these games, that's what I enjoy in the moment to moment. It's all there is to kind of enjoy besides the, you know, oh, let's let's go into this next dark, creepy area. Um, so I, I love seeing the enemies and I love seeing kind of like, you know, I'll see more. I don't want them to give away, the, you know, the whole script, but um, I thought it was interesting. I'm excited for fans. I don't see how you can really mess it up. I think with all these types of games, you need to stay true. You know, that's the step one. Stay true to capture the same, you know, magic in a bottle if you can, but then you refresh, you know, for the modern age and make it, you know, use the technology that you have. So I think I don't, I, there was some backlash a little bit about this and I didn't see it. I was like, what are you upset? I thought this is what you wanted. I this... mean, it I, it didn't look like it deviated crazy I, I don't understand i thought it looked like what silent hill fans would want yeah there is a very strange air around this game there are a lot of people online and i don't hang around an online group so i don't really understand it but there's there's a big push against bloober team as a developer like there's a lot of hate for that developer which is weird because i love their games and then They're i think fantastic everyone knows that and I, I mean i thought so and then there's i think a natural kind of um off-putting sense of konami you know konami left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths and they have a lot to prove coming back so it's there's a weird combination of those two things that's creating this this negative online messaging around silent hill 2 but damn i'm so excited for it um the other silent hill portion of this was a shadow drop of a free on playstation uh experience called silent hill short message which i will be talking about later in the press start segment um they showed off this game which looked really cool and really scary and then they said download it right now for free and i love that I, available now i love it. available now yeah it really called to mind the old gamescom press conference where konami shadow dropped pt and it was just download it for free right now and that's a good feeling because there's a lot of of good feelings around what PT was. So this really called to mind that, and it was a great way to put Silent Hill on the on the forefront of people's minds. Yep. What do you got next? I won't stop talking about Dragon's Dogma 2. I was trying to talk about this in a recent episode, and I have to bring it up again. What they showed looks incredible. It, it When I'm watching what's happening with the combat and enemy design and the way that the world looks and how everything's just interacting with each other in such a like a tangible way you just have the spells hitting and the weapons hitting you crawling up enemies i'm impressed and it's hard these days to find games that i'm like wow how did they do that or wow this is this looks fun and these type of uh, ideas the, these reactions 
don't come easily to me these days anymore. So I thought it looked fantastic. It was kind of getting into the new classes, which it's a big part of when if you played the first game, picking your class kind of defines a lot of what you can do and what your allies can do and what you're going to be seeing in front of you. So what type of spells and actions and just them talking about that, like, oh, fantasy and action and picking your class, like just getting into that at all is is super exciting to me. And I am so glad that this is getting uh, the attention it deserves. It it had a really decently long trailer. And I I was hoping that I would hear more about people being on board with it. Um, It looks there's under it all is like a little bit of jank a little bit still i don't know if it's the frame rates or what's going on with it but it's definitely has the the spirit of the first game in it you could see it completely at at the first glance that this is going to be more an advanced version of what we got before and i think that that's the right recipe did you like what you saw are you on board yet and on top of everything i have to say out march 22nd it's out in just you know uh, a little over a month a lot of these games surprised me with their release dates um yeah yeah this looked really cool i loved the the large enemies like it had kind of like a monster Mm -hmm. hunter feel and that's another property that i've never been able to get into because it's there are some games as a 42 year old man who has limited time that you look at and you're like man i wish i could get into that monster hunter's always been one of those things i i know i know i do not have the capacity in my life for a game like that um, but this looked like it had a little bit of that, right? Which I, which I find appealing, but in like a, in like a tighter RPG experience, which is easier for me to absorb. So I was really impressed with the variety of the, of the characters that you can sculpt, like the builds that you can have. Um, and then those, those massive enemies, the visuals look really good. So I was, this is not a franchise up until you talked about it on the last episode that I really paid any attention to at all. But after pulling video for that episode that we had and then watching this, I was like, okay, I can see, I can see why you're excited about this. It looks pretty damn cool. Yes. It's going to be good. Trust Hypecaster on this one. Get on board. I expect this to review well and sell well. I think Capcom's been in on a roll and that this is something that's long overdue to bring back into their repertoire. So it's going to be great. Is Capcom you said, right? Capcom. Man, they just yep. what is what is the yep. formula at Capcom these days, right? Like I they don't know. are so they hired the right person at the top somewhere and they're just like started trickling down. They're I, I guarantee you there's some everything. talent over there. Yes. Um yes. speaking of a studio that I really like, uh that does some really good things. There was a I, I was I was unsure of what the hell this game was when they announced it. And then I did a little bit of research afterwards, and Zenless Zone Zero comes from uh, Hoyoverse, who makes Genshin Impact. And Wait, um, what? What is the other one they make that that he was talking about? The uh, uh, the space one. The the turn. Uh, Honkai Star. Star Honkai Rail. Star Rail. Right. So Zenless Zone Zero comes out in this state of play, and I'm watching this trailer, and I'm like, this just looks like straight up anime, action. Yeah fluid animation like just insane animation where the characters are speeding and bending and light attacks and speed lines like it does not look like a video game it looks like an animated show right 
Mm -hmm. And I said, wow, that looks really cool. But the trailer was all flash. Here's a bunch of characters. Here's a bunch of environments. Looks like it's in Tokyo kind of stuff. There's some cyber elements to it. And then I went and did some research afterwards. And I'm like, this game comes from the Genshin Impact devs. And it's an action RPG. And ding, ding, ding. I'm all about that. Because the what I love about Genshin Impact so much is obviously the characters in the world. It looks beautiful. This looks better. This looks like it's built next gen all the way. Mm -hmm. And then the reason that I didn't get into Honkai Star, Star Rail was it was turn-based. And I'm starting to kind of move away from turn-based. Like my RPG preferences are starting to get more action, more instant satisfaction kind of thing. That's why I love what they're doing with Final Fantasy these days. So this is more like combat, action combat oriented. And I don't know a lot about the story. I don't know a lot about the background, but the visuals absolutely pop. And this thing is an action RPG from the studio that brings Genshin Impact, which has been one of my favorite games over the last several years. So if you go to the website, if you go to zenless.hoyoverse.com, it looks just like a straight up anime manga dream. Uh, I'm very excited to learn more about this. I don't know that this is going to be the, the big game that I want it to be, but damn, did it put up a nice sizzle in that trailer. What did you think? there's this there's the, the aesthetics are off the charts right and like you said it is for the people who like anime who like jrpgs and all that it has the the hoyoverse style right there's like but a there's like a bear the character max. wearing a hat i like that yes the so the way that they display the characters on their website and that kind of explain is they have them divided into factions kind of like in you know harry pottery of the different houses so you have faction unknown you have victoria housekeeping and you have the section six and they all have an emblem associated with them and a style and then you have the characters that go along who look themed to that, to that faction. And just that idea right there alone kind of tells you what they're going for a little yeah. bit. And I love that shit. Like it when you have, so good. Yeah, like, oh, th this character, this team style. And then do you mix characters in your party between different teams? Or do you get a bonus for having them all be like part of the same faction? Or is this, this just referring to when you create your character you know what kind of quote-unquote race or faction you're part of i don't know but i'm on board to find out and i too have been gravitating toward the action um away from like the, the slow plotting turn base yeah. and going and actions won me over it uh quite a bit in recent years so this looks good it's in its infancy you could tell as yeah. far as like what they're sharing and who knows i mean it could all just be flash but Typically, the gameplay is pretty good when it comes to this dev as well. So let's see what they have to, to say. You know what they have to do. Yeah. Um, when it comes game time, I will. I will say. Demo. I will say something that I've been not to go a little, bit, a little bit on a Genshin tangent, but like something that I think that these guys get so right is they put so much care into the design and, and personality behind their characters. Uh, a game like Fortnite, which is also a free-to-play game, to me that game kind of lives by their. Uh, licensed property. Like, I never get into any of the original Fortnite characters. I don't want to play as any of them. Yeah. But in Genshin Impact, when you when you pull a new character and the design and the, their special attacks and their personality that comes through and their 
and their one-liners and stuff. They really do a good job of making you click with these original characters. And there's so many of them. And like you said, you look through the roster of these characters on the website and there's like wolf people, there's bear people, there's like robots with with uh, with uh, six shooters. There's this pirate looking chick with a giant uh, robot hammer. And it's just like, you can, you can see Love the it. style and the character and each one of them is just like crafted so well. Um, I'm excited about this. I think it looks really good, but like you said, it's in its infancy. We'll we'll be probably this is waiting single a while. player. Or we don't know what's I don't happening think we know yet. here. I don't as think we far know as yet. okay, great, because it looked like it could be anything. Like who knows? Exactly. <laughs> we have no idea. All right, let's hear your last pick here. <clears throat> so wrapping it up, and I know this is kind of weird. I've been on a Sonic kick. So Sonic reveals Sonic X shadow so cross shadow, whatever so, uh sonic and shadow generation so i had to go into the uh into research mode to figure out what the hell's going on here because i'm not an aficionado when it comes to the long varied uh kinds of games that are in sonic most of the time i've stuck with 2d i haven't really been in in 3d very much i recently played the mobile 3d game uh, I don't want to. I want to say it's Sonic Heroes. I don't know. There's so many weird. There's a lot. One of line. Them, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of games here. So I wanted to read this because it's gonna clear something up. Um, <clears throat> they uh, unveiled the upcoming Sonic the Hedgehog platformer, delivering blistering platforming challenges at speeds only Sonic and Shadow can deliver. It's a greatest hits playlist of iconic 2D and 3D Sonic levels from Sonic Generations both remastered and expanded for playstation 5 and 4 and sonic in the Sh sonic x shadow generations also introduces all new standalone campaign for shadow the hedgehog uh, making this the definitive blend of classic modern and sonic uh, classic sonic modern sonic and shadow gameplay so even in the explanation there's a lot going on here they basically say we have Sonic. It's 2D, it's 3D. We know this. And they found the secret sauce now where they're just like the best of what we've done remastered and put together in a greatest hits package. And this was the same for Sonic Mania. And it's a winning formula for me because if I'm going to play Sonic because I'm not the hugest fan, I want it to be good. So they're like, let's just do that. What this game actually is, even after reading that, because I haven't played the original, like, Sonic Generations, like, I'm thinking, wait, is it Sonic Adventure? I'm like, do I know what Sonic Adventure is? Like, what Sonic Colors? This isn't like that, is it? Like, there's too much yeah. for someone like me as a casual fan to understand. So from a, you know, high-level perspective, I watched the trailer, and I said, this looks cool. And that's why it got me excited. It was unexpected that they were going to do this again. What did you think about that? Are you a Sonic fan? I, I well, it's it's hard to say if you're a Sonic fan, right? Because there's been yeah. a lot of good, and there's yeah. been a lot of trash. I will say I'm glad that this is not Sonic Frontiers Two because that is one of the worst fucking games. <laughs> Hold on. There we go. Bringing out the big guns. Sonic Frontiers was a fucking abomination. It was really it was an absolute snorefest. Whoever thought 
the idea of taking Sonic and putting him in this empty, big ass open world filled with robots and like a mix of robot and ancient tech like Breath of the Wild. It was just mind numbingly bad. Um, I don't know. I don't know who that game was for, uh, but it was terrible. It was absolute dog shit. Now, that being said, I played the original Sonic Generations. Uh, it's on PS Plus, so I've played a little bit of it, and it is kind of what you said. It's it's like here's here's a little bit of the best of both. You've got 3D Sonic and 2D Sonic, and they meet together, and they're working together, and like some of the levels are 2D going side scrolling with your little chubby short Sonic that you remember from the Sega Genesis days. Love it. And some yeah. of the levels are more modern uh, 3D Sonic, like you. Well, Sonic Adventure is not exactly modern, but it's the 3D Sonic stuff. It was a lot of fun. It was good. Um, a little unpolished because I think it was a PS3 game, maybe PS4 early generation. Um, so it was a little rough around the edges, but this is going to be a remaster. And they're putting a lot of care into what Sonic the Hedgehog is these days, uh, stoked by the, the success of the movie franchise. So I think this looks great. I think this looks fantastic. I would have loved, I would have loved to um, play the last Sonic game, the two D four player game. I never got my hands on that one. It's more like the Super Mario Adventure kind of stuff where you can have four players all at once. I thought that looked really fun. But Sonic is a huge mixed bag. Yeah. Sonic can be really great, and it can be just absolutely um, abhorrent. And I, I, I hope that this is a, a good remaster. This, the Shadow stuff, I don't know. I don't know anything about that character. I don't know if that gameplay looked that fun, the Shadow stuff. To me, I'm more drawn to the 2D Sonic stuff, and I think that looks fantastic. You know what's weird about Sonic? Like, what other franchise and or character do you know that's allowed to fail this much? Like, Sonic 4. Like, when you look at, like, w unfortunate news, Toys for Bob, who had recently done the latest, latest Crash uh, 4 game, which was, by all accounts, excellent, has massive layoffs and are in trouble. Um, I can't remember if they were disbanded completely. I, I, doubt, I don't think they were. But you have... Halo, you have, uh, you know, Crash and Spyro, you have all these different things. Like, once you have a few bad games, once things don't sell, you have some executive somewhere saying, pull the plug, we're mm -hmm. done with this, no like, more Banjo-Kazooie. Yeah, like, we're gonna forget about it for, like, two decades. But Sonic will not die. He will. He's <laughs> invincible. Because you, you could, he could have, like, two, you know, mediocre game, bad game, good game, mediocre game mediocre game good game good game bad bad trash and it's just like and they, they keep making them and they're Who also else gets different. that leeway they're also different yeah. too there's a game where he was a fucking werewolf like yes what? yes so i don't know it's you're right it, he's a very unique character who gets all the chances and all the lives in the world um yep. but let's hope this is a good one yeah all, all right last game we want to talk about here uh, this is a game where the developer recently did an interview and said that they've spent a lot of time and care making sure that the ass of the lead character looks great for players because you're going to be looking at her ass for a lot. I'm talking, yes. of course, about Stellar Blade. Uh, the they opened with this, did they not? 
Yes, they sure did. They with this, game, um, yeah. this is a game that I've kind of been watching for a while because the character looks cool, the environment looks cool, but I didn't really know much about what the gameplay was. It was like, here's a lot of really cool looking cutscenes. This chick is kind of Bayonetta esque, where she's, you know, she's got a bodysuit and she's got a sword that she's spinning and flipping over all these big monsters and stuff. I was really impressed with the gameplay of this. I was watching this alongside my son, and he says to me, he's like, this looks like Final Fantasy. And I'm like, yeah. no, it doesn't. And then I'm watching it, and they're kind of explaining like the open world, and you meet, meet all these characters and go on all these side quests, and then you can level up your weapons and your arm. And I'm like, oh my god, it is. Like, it really is. This feels a lot like Final Fantasy 16 or the new Final Fantasy 7 stuff, but in this post-apocalyptic earth that is like overrun with technology and monsters and the more i kind of realize that you know my nine-year-old son apparently knows more about video games than i do uh i really started to click with this and i'm like i can see what kind of game this is and it looks freaking awesome uh, yes. I am very excited about this. It looks incredible. The the design, I like the idea of being able to customize her with new outfits and new weapons and go on all these these missions. It's very Neo Tokyo cyberpunk looking kind of shit. Very anime inspired again. Uh, what did you think of Stellar Blade? So I at my first thought was negative because I was like, okay, this is just yet another, you know, JRPG, action JRPG. Um, and it's going to be generic. So that was my first initial thing. I was like, okay, let's create, you know, the typical, like, you know, Bayonetta-esque character, and we're going to just be in a post-apocalyptic, like, weird, you know, just all these dials were being turned up, right? Let's check all the boxes. And then by the end of what they showed, I had the complete opposite reaction, because if you notice... The character models and the style, the art design of what's going on here is next level. Yeah. It was some it was some of the most interesting NPCs and enemy design. And I, I started to appreciate it even in the few minutes that they were showing it more and more. It looked visually impressive. And then the thing about the combat is I wanted to see more of it because until they showed how you know, the weapons were meeting the enemies, how the character was moving around. It didn't seem like it was going to be that impressive, but when you closely watch it, it has that, what I keep talking about every episode is that attention to detail in the animations and how cool it looks, uh, how, how solid everything interacts with the enemy and the character. And it feels like everything's going to have an impact. Um, and I thought that that was pretty fantastic. By the end, I was blown away and I was ready to see more. This is another game that's coming out very quickly. Uh, yeah. I think it's in April. Um, so I am, I'm blown away by what I saw already. I just hope, I think the missing element would be, does it, does it forge its own path in the story department and tone? Right. Or is it going to have that generic story and tone? Yeah. It, it could, it could not. But I think that's what's really going to set it apart is if it, if it makes its own way. Because I'm hoping it gets away from anything that's too generic. You know, it, it's, it's been a huge, huge showcase. Um, you are the guy that I've been trying to pull on a thread 
get over to the PlayStation side for a long time. We talk about this all the time. Dude, where are you at after this? So when I visited uh, my buddy in Washington State, he had this PS5 and was just showing it off. Everything from just, you know, booting it up and the UI experience and how everything looked with his matching great Sony uh, television and (laughs) the recent news of all the changes with Xbox. I think that loyalty has gotten me stagnant in picking my platform um, more than I had admitted in the past because what's really keeping me like what it what would change so much in what I play I I'm still I'm still sad because after I watch all of this state of play and I think about how much it would cost me to yeah. play all these games yeah there's I'm no going to have to you have to play pay full price $60 $70 um for these things. It's not like the Xbox ecosystem where I know that everything shown in their most recent direct I'm going to be able to play half of it on Game Pass. Um and that hurts. I don't have the money anymore. Uh the disposable income anymore to be able to do that. And I don't know how to reconcile that because if I made the decision to jump ship and go with a, a PS5 tomorrow, which I could, I don't know how much I can maintain that um, right. just from my financial situation. So it's rough. Mm-hmm. I, 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 am, I am leaning toward getting the next iteration or, you know, whatever skew of the PS5. I just, it's too enticing. There's too much to play. But the only question now is, can I afford it? That's just, you know what? You are not wrong. It is a very expensive proposition, no doubt about it. But they uh, they do their best to uh, try to justify those prices with these outstanding games. Well, we're going to talk about the state of play focused on Final Fantasy VII Rebirth in just a second. But before we get to that, I want to take a moment to talk about Megadads Plus. Um, we want to acknowledge the folks over at Megadads Plus who support us in that community. It is, it's our Megadads tip jar, right? It is what allows us to continue to cover and create content. Um, it's as little as a dollar a month. You just go to patreon.com slash Megadads. And for as little as a dollar a month, you can support what we do here at Megadads. But... You don't have to spend a single dollar to be part of the Plus community. There is a free tier. And we're going to go through, we're going to thank everybody in that free tier for a moment. We're going to thank the Coconut Wizard, A.V. Cohen, One Track Gamers, John Leola, Michael Kwan, Nima, Eric Wood, Brian Scott, and, and this is the important part, anybody can be a member of this community. Because in our free tier community is the American Sex Podcast. I'm not making so that up. You're telling me that we have support in our free tier on Patreon. Yes. From the American Sex Podcast. The American Sex Podcast follows us. We um, made it. In Megadeth Plus. arrived. Uh, I don't know what or who the American Sex Podcast is, but we're glad. You've not heard? Are you kidding me? Are you are you a subscriber to the American Sex Podcast? I I think I've been I think I've been a longtime supporter from the beginning. <laughs> well, it used to be called the Sex Podcast, but we got too many uh, too many weirdos branched in the, in out the huh? fan group. Yeah. Oh Thought well, I'd you know we we, uh, 
we want to just thank everybody who's a part of that community and as well as our paid supporters the nintendo dads podcast justin masson the Bafo yucks dudes david snyder luke porter andy penzik timothy alf jesse waldeck dave soto the snack network brandon wilson banger banger mcbanger the third banger son of banger of the house of the bangers nice Estuardo Zanteno, Mike Salvino, John DeFrancesco, Petey McD, Brent, Emily Smith, Spokes, and Luke Lore of XEP. Uh, we don't thank you guys nearly enough, and we're going to try to do that just a little bit more. Thank you all so much. And if you want to support us either in the paid community or the free community like the American Sex Podcast, all you got to do is go to patreon.com slash mega dads thank you guys thank you so thank much. you thank you like all of these supporters you know what's weird about our supporters they're all a really lot. cool people yeah like like all of the people who are part of the community who are having conversations with us in the mega dads discord people who are on patreon supporting us these are like the coolest people and the when world. i get to talk to them when i get to see what they're creating or what they're doing or what their opinions are it's amazing like the nintendo dads like they have the most out there opinions about everything. Like you can't find opinions like that anywhere else. And they're just so cool. So thank you so much for, for supporting us. We really appreciate it. At night, when I lay my head down to sleep, I think about all of you. Fully clothed. But don't make it weird. Bully? Adam, you're in a call me out like that all right let's talk about final fantasy because there was a second state of play that followed that massive info dump of all those games and it focused exclusively on final fantasy 7 rebirth which is just around the corner this was uh, 11 minutes of gameplay followed by a drop of a final fantasy demo and i mean they're just playstation's just dumping demos on us left and right um, this is a very in-depth look at Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. The story takes place, if you are a fan of OG Final Fantasy VII, this takes place as soon as you leave Midgar, and it takes you all the way up until um, something really significant happens in the storyline at the Shrine of the Ancients, the capital of the Ancients. Uh, so there's a lot to be had there, and just like the first game, they're going to expand on it, right? Everything's going to be bigger and longer, and boy, oh boy, are there a lot of mini games in Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. Of course, you're going to be going to the Golden Saucer and you're going to be doing things like snowboarding, chocobo racing. Uh, there's this really cool battle system. There's like a fighting game in there where you have really nice high res versions of the old player models from the PS1. Oh my God. Was that not the coolest thing ever? So I have to get a confession out. I'm part. So as many of you know, I am playing Final Fantasy VII Remake R. Like, I am playing that now because I was waiting, waiting, waiting for it to come to Xbox. Never did. Finally got it on PC. And I'm blown away by it, right? So I'm behind. And people even who are who have finished the first game, a lot of people are like, I'm not watching this. The game's yeah. coming out soon. Uh, and I can't watch this video that's going to give away too much, you know, maybe a potential spoiler, um, all of this. But it was giving away the house. And when it came to like what you're going to be experiencing, it was like, look at all this cool stuff, the, the traversal mini games. So I, knowing that we were going to talk about this, let myself watch 12 seconds 
of of this. And I skipped through too. I was like, here's four seconds, here's four seconds, here's four seconds. And I saw the old school model thing. And I'm like, I'm not seeing this right. Like I must have skipped and saw an ad or something. It what a genius idea to I mean it's 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 old and new. It's It's the nostalgia, it's the way that they've gone back and uh I, I'm just I'm blown away by them even their approach of saying because I mean was it not like that in the original Final Fantasy 7 where it's like you got to this point and you spent a lot of time playing that stuff yep. you know a lot of this stuff was really cool and it's like you know what we're going to give you this this sandbox this playground these options of just having fun let's just have them have fun I can't wow. even imagine how big and vast the golden saucer is going to be now like what they did with Midgar and blowing that up. And Golden Saucer, like you said, was all about spending time and spending money playing games, trying to unlock new weapons and relics and materia and stuff. They're going to blow that shit up. That arcade is going to be insane. So excited. Oh, it looks visually. I'm surprised that we're here. That's what I keep looking at. Like, and it's hard to impress me, but they're pushing boundaries from a visual perspective and I don't know if it's just me but the vibe I'm getting and again I haven't played through these the these new re- remakes um the camaraderie that you get between these characters that we all love is just I feel like it's a little family like it's a little tight knit like thing and and we're going to see more members of this family now and come together across all kinds of fun situations i'm i'm freaking out i it's gonna be good uh there's a demo available now i i was not going to play this but i did download it in case elliot wanted to and he fired it up and he played uh i don't know he he played a good section of it right a good chunk of it i don't know if he's gonna go back to it because in my mind i'm like this game's right around the corner and i'm gonna get it on day one like I, i have to get this game on day one so uh it's it's good it's great it's a continuation i'm glad that you're playing through remake um because that's such an outstanding game and uh this looks to be really continuing it i will be stunned stunned if this is not my game of the year because it just takes it takes this property and this direction and just it's blowing it out of the water looks really good really really good well we hope you guys enjoyed our in-depth talk about the state of play duo gang bang you with some state of play back to back it is time for the caboose where we bring you a recommendation of something that we enjoy outside of the world of gaming that we think that you might also like to partake in i'll go first in this time of political turmoil i'm a very i'm a i'm a political junkie right now no Uh, always always really and the world is very awful and there are lots of things happening to make everything feel awful and over the last several years i've i've sang this podcast praises because it takes the shit storm that is our political atmosphere and it lightens it up and it, it allows you to laugh at it um as you continue to doom spiral towards the next election season that's pod save america this is my favorite podcast i listen to this it's three times a week and it is former uh, Obama speechwriters and aides, and they are and they are analyzing the world of politics, and they just absolutely railroad and roast the craziness um, 
coming out of Trump camp, right? And it, it, it is really good political insight. Like these guys really know their shit because they worked in the White House for several years. But it also takes just the gnarly reality that we live in. And like, I can't even watch the news anymore because it's so depressing. There's so much awful stuff happening, but they, they laugh about it. They joke about it. They're like-minded and like aged people to me. So like their, their personality jives with mine and I can listen to what's happening in the world while also laughing at it and not feeling like we're all doomed no matter what. So I really like this podcast a lot. If you are a political junkie, like I am, uh, you got to put it on your playlist. It's Pod Save America. Antonio. I am sold. Good job, Adam. You got to listen. I think you would like it. I think you would like it. What's in your caboose, my friend? So I had recently gotten COVID for the first time. And it, uh, one of the problems with what was going on is I was debilitated. Like I couldn't really move around. I was I was very sore and body aches and things. And I, I didn't have the mental capacity to play games. So I got really got into something. I was like, let me uh, watch something kind of meaty. So I went into Netflix and found Cyberpunk Edge Runners. So oh. Cyberpunk originally came out in uh, 2020 and bombed, right? So it was like this is the undercooked version of the game, right? And then it came back later with a revive and 2.0 and the DLC, Phantom Liberty, etc. So this came out years later on September of 22. So others may have already gone in and experienced it, but this anime series on Netflix is credited with kind of reinvigorating the zeitgeist around the game and kind of fleshing out the world, etc. The cool thing about Cyberpunk Edge Runners, if you didn't catch it the first time around, um, go go ahead and take a look now. It is anime, flashy, bombastic. It's great, um, but it also intertwines the concepts of the video game world so well. Hmm. A lot of times, you'll have things based on games that don't really feel like it was made by somebody who played the game yeah but it when i watched this it absolutely must have been created by someone that understood the lore and history of this made-up world this this alternate reality future that they have going on here inside and out everything from the language and and diction of the characters to the technology and how it is used the layout of the city in the game I recognized areas in the anime That's cool. from playing the game and it was re- fully realized and and even the way that the people talk and the weaponry being utilized and the skills that you use from the game it was just mind blowing how they were able to do that but on top of all that the story that's being told was interesting and heart-wrenching and had twists and 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 it was great. I think it's a ten part series. Oh wow! Uh, That's tw- uh, what is it? Yeah, fifteen minute episodes, I believe, 15, 20 minutes, and it it takes you on a journey of these characters, and you stick with them from the, the humble beginnings to the tragic, crazy ends, and it it delivers on action, emotion, and it's really good overall. I would give it like you know like a three three and three point five out of five maybe a four like it's just it's a really good sit down to watch something when you want to turn your brain off if you're familiar with cyberpunk at all the game 
you kind of have to watch this as an accompanying side along. It it fleshes everything out. They complement each other so well. Is there any Keanu Reeves in it? No, no Keanu Reeves. But there are characters that you see from the game kind of like popping up in here. So it's it's kind of I was I didn't look into this about when it's happening compared to the other game. I want to say it's just before you would take the mantle of of V in in the actual game. So uh, it, it's definitely in that time frame though, because you see things and it gives you some context. It's pretty cool. Cyberpunk Edge Runners. Cyberpunk Edge Runners on Netflix. Yeah, check it out. All right. Well, thank you so much for listening or watching this episode of Mega Dads Live. We're so glad you're here. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel, like the video, leave us some comments. What did you think of the state of play? Um, do you miss Mabel? We haven't. I don't. Mabel has been on extended Rest vacation. Rest in peace. Rest in peace. She found love. Mabel found love and ran away with her two lovers, and they have a thruple or whatever they call it, and they are living in Papua New Guinea. And she is just having the raunchiest back-ass sex every morning, noon, and night, eating papaya. Congratulations, Mabel. We'll miss you. All I know is somebody's got a somebody's got a dust around here because with Mabel <laughs> being gone, it's it's all falling apart. It's all falling apart. Uh, Mabel, if you're watching this, please come home. We miss you. We'll see you guys next Friday for an all new episode of Mega Dad's Live.